Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is, believe it or not, issue number 50, the big 5-0, released on February 25th, 2009. Uh, Joining me, as always, is Neil Bailey. Hey, Neil. Hey, Steve, we made it to 50. That's that's crazy. Yeah, we made it. 50 issues. Uh, That's... Yeah, I didn't think it would get that far, but uh, it's good to know that people are still listening to us and uh, that uh, the show is still going on. Yeah, it's nice. It's it concurrently, you know, I'm watching through Pendant too. The the uh, last set of Krypton is hitting the same milestone, and it's yeah. just really neat to. It didn't feel like like when we were starting that it would go for so long or be so successful. We were kind of doing it as a lark, and it's just turned into something really uh, its own animal. It's really neat. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, what's been your personal highlight in our fifty issue run. No, I I think it's probably been um, honestly being able to uh, interact with the fans in a lot in a lot more um, concerted manner because usually we uh, we don't get as much of a um, of a face recognition when it's just a name and email and people always talk about how they listen to radio radio KAL and then they know my voice and then they can talk to me and they can they feel like they know me it's 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 made the interaction a lot a lot better for me. I don't know. I, I can't point to a specific episode and say, ha ha, that joke I made about uh, Beppo there was perfect. But <laughs> just the way it's enhanced the feeling of working for the site has just been great for me. Yeah, How about well, you? It was kind of a, set, a stepping stone for us. Um, you know, when we first started it, we thought we need to branch out into, you know, other mediums, um, not just text based, not just, you know, comments on the website, but uh, we need to move with the times. And, and, you know, obviously back then, podcasting was the way to go. And, uh, everyone was doing it or trying to jump onto the bandwagon, and uh, so we thought, what better way than to do it ourselves and do a show where we discuss a lot of the stuff that we report on during the week and during the month, and it's worked out pretty well. Like you said, they all seem to, every episode seems to blend into one another now, looking back on point, an episode that you know stands out or a topic that was necessarily, um, you know, uh, foremost in my mind. Obviously, the t- Times around when came out were pretty interesting times at that time. But uh, all in all, it's just been a great run, and uh, I think uh, we work well together. So uh, thankfully, everyone's still listening to us. It's been pretty. It's it's been an utter blast. There's never been a time where I'm like, oh man, I got to do a radio KL. I mean, it's always just a part of my day where I can just step up and have a really good time. Yeah, it's a chance for you and I to get to chat where we usually just type via email or you know, yeah. messengers or whatever. But also, uh, Radio KL was a stepping stone for us to move into doing the Speeding Bulletin with your Bailey Planet. And, uh, you know, if not for that, we wouldn't have probably looked at doing a, a video uh, program that, um, you know, we, like we have Speeding, if Radio KL hadn't been as popular as it was. Yeah, it's been really successful. All right, well, let's move on with the show. Um, let's start talking about uh, movie news, and there is something to talk about this month. Uh, we've had the title uh, Superman Unleashed being bandied about. Uh, first off, Slash Films reported that they'd uh, somehow somebody had hacked in or gotten through to the uh, Legendary Pictures uh, website where you know it was like a password-protected area and there were descriptions of upcoming movies. Now, um, Superman Unleashed was a title that they saw for the next Superman movie, and it had, you know, ramping up the action and, you know, to the sequel, and a sequel to Superman Returns, and Brian Singer's, you know, supposedly involved still. It was interesting whether or not that's actually old information or whether that's 
something new and what was what was your feeling on that uh it did have it, it did have two new producers on it did it not well that's uh, that was later on when uh we found out the superman homepage got uh, wind of a publication uh, that releases information to the industry regarding upcoming films and TV right. programs and other things like that. And uh, Legendary Pictures' uh, two producers were named in that. Um, I don't necessarily know if they were both new or not, but um, I don't think they were. Yeah. But uh, Brian Singer's name was attached to that uh, news. So um, Yeah, it seems seems pretty pretty legit for the most part. I know that um, in the past, like when I was following the Star Wars movies as they were being made, there was stuff you could take with a drain of salt and stuff that were rumors. And the stuff that seemed to stick out was the stuff that t- tended to be like uh, casting sheets, call sheets that were officially from the studio. And a lot of the um, a lot of the other films on that on that slate seems to be very much the kind of crap that Hollywood's making right now. So it could have been a total fabrication. Um, but it seems pretty pretty real and legit to me. I'm I, I you know I'm not saying the details won't change, but this is the first piece of information out of all of it. You know, even beyond all the Wachowski stuff, you know, like Superman Revolutions and the Superman, you know, Reloaded. But um, <laughs> but beyond that, this is the first thing that has actually seemed like it might be real to me. And even so, it, it seems like something that could totally change given the way that su- studios hire and fire people on a moment's basis. Yeah, well, just uh, reiterating what we're talking about, uh, Production Weekly is the publication that provides uh, the entertainment industry with, you know, breakdowns of projects that are in pre-production or preparation or even in active development for both film and TV. And uh, Superman Unleashed was listed in their February 26th, 2009 issue. Um, now, Thomas Toll and William Fay were the producers listed. Thomas Toll is obviously a name that we're all familiar with. Um, but Brian Singer is also listed as director. So that's uh, interesting there, um, considering the fact that we'd heard earlier, um, late last year, that um, Warner Brothers were looking to reboot Superman Returns, uh, sorry, reboot the Superman franchise and reintroduce the character was the words they used. Um, And that Brian Singer's Superman Returns didn't position the character where Warner Brothers necessarily wanted him. So that's interesting. Uh, I don't know whether or not, like I said, this is old information, whether or not this has changed since um, Legendary Pictures had that information up on their website regarding Superman Unleashed. But uh, it's something that we've... You know, we've heard recently, and it's worth discussing. Now, who's who's this Thomas Toll guy? You say uh, we know who he is, but honestly, I don't. That might uh, throw people for a loop. Is is he uh, is he a fairly prominent producer? Well, Thomas Toll is uh, from Legendary Pictures, as I understand. I think he's the uh, CEO of Legendary Pictures. Just let me have a oh, look. Yeah, Thomas Toll is the CEO uh, of Legendary Pictures, and uh, was the yeah the the man who mentioned. Um, the Angry God comment in a previous interview in regards to where Superman might be headed, but uh, again, that's just his own personal, uh, yeah, you know, comment. Uh, obviously, once a script is is in place, it will decide whether or not what Superman is like, whether it's a a darker movie, whether Superman's darker, whether it's the God Unleashed, whether it's whatever it might be. Um, you know, this is uh, obviously speculation on their part back when a script hadn't been in place. Whether or not there is a script in place now is up to anybody's speculation. Obviously, they're trying to move forward uh, with a Superman project, but uh, how far they are, where they'll go with it, when it will happen, is anyone's guess. Yeah, still basically where we were before, even though it looks like we got a little bit more. 
Yeah, so just kind of uh, take every rumour with a grain of salt, even the ones that the Superman homepage, uh, you know, dredges up. Uh, we don't know the legitimate, uh, legitimacy of the information that uh, these people are providing us. We don't know where Production Weekly gets their information from. Um, so, you know, we don't know how relevant or up-to-date that information is, whether they get it direct from the studio or whether they just search around on sites like we do. Um, I've tried to find out from Production Weekly and ask them at the time of, the rec of this recording uh, where they source their information from and how legitimate it is and how up-to-date it is, but uh, have not received a response since last speaking to them when they sent us the PDF file of the uh. page where Superman Returns is listed in their current publication. So, uh, yeah, take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, until an official announcement is forthcoming from Warner Brothers, nobody is 100% sure uh, where the next movie is headed, when it will come out, who's involved, Brandon Routh, Brian Singer, what it will be called, what the movie's about. We don't know. Um, and Warner Brothers aren't about to start giving us information when they don't have the information 100% set down themselves. So while we might feel like we're entitled to know what's going on and we get frustrated about why you know we haven't heard any official details, Warner Brothers will only re release official details when they know 100% what's going on and everything is in place. Sounds good. Okay, well, let's move away from movie talk. And, yes, you did comment about the Wachowski brothers, and, you know, obviously <laughs> that was debunked, so we won't really touch on that. We'll just move away from that. That's not going to happen. Uh, they're <laughs> not going to be directing the next Superman movie, and suppose they had never even been approached, so it's probably not really <laughs> worth discussing at all. Um, okay, they're on Racer 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, Smallville Season 8. Uh, we're in a bit of a, a pause at the moment in the season. Um, we have a number, a handful of episodes left for the remainder of season eight. What has your take been so far? Oh, you know, I tell you, I was I was having the best time since season three. You know, the the season that I attended enjoy the most, and then all of a sudden Lana came back and yeah, nosedived. You know, to tank everything um the season has just lost its luster for me in most respects but it was just those two episodes so one good episode could bring it back i guess but like they 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 sent lana out on such a strange note i don't know if you've seen it yet but yeah. he's um yeah yeah he's he's uh essentially lana has the powers of superman and that's her final bow in the series they never really confront the issue of why Clark wouldn't be with Lana, or why he's got to move on to Lois. It's more just like, well, she can't be near him, you know? And and the love, in the end, proves to be so shallow that if they can't touch each other, they, they, they can't be with each other, you know? <laughs> and that just it was so sad. I was sitting there thinking, man, that is that is a shallow relationship. And I mean, I'm a dude who's all about physical contact, don't get me wrong. But I'm sitting here thinking, man, if the, if the girl I loved suddenly developed like this rotting skin disease and I couldn't go anywhere near her, you know? Like I'd set up an intercom. Love love is beyond, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's obvious. I guess they were kind of um making an in an unintentional social commentary about their relationship. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah, well I was uh, unimpressed with uh, the Lana episodes. Um it just seemed to send Clark backwards, you know, to a degree that was just shameful. Uh, he suddenly became, uh, you know, uh, brainless and uh, didn't seem to be the same person that we'd been introduced to this season. He he just, as soon as Lana was around, he became a docile and, um, and out he of character. Back, 
He went back to watching that video again 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed pretty pathetic that uh, all of a sudden, because Lana's back, that Clark has just lost all inabil- all ability to, to think for himself and to make rational decisions. And, uh, you know, I mean, even the Legion of Superheroes episode, which was a great episode, was brought down by, you know, the, the Lana bowing and, you know, like, oh, Lana, you're so great, you know, you're... You're so important <laughs> to Superman's future. I mean, seriously, in in what universe? Yeah, I mean, usually she ends up being kind of not not a villain. No, but the girl a... left behind. You know, the poor she... thing that we feel sorry for because Clark had to choose her, uh, the world over her. Yeah, she's she has she's she's not a villain, but she is definitely an antagonistic figure. Every time she shows up, there's a little bit of conflict. Yeah, and. Uh... They don't really kind of resolve that. What, what did you think about uh, Lex being uh, killed? Uh, hmm. Yeah, well, again, you know, we thought Lex, they thought Lex had been killed at the end of Season 7, you know, when the fortress dropped on him. And um, <laughs> obviously Lex Luthor cannot die in any uh, continuity uh, where there is a future where he has to be Superman's arch nemesis. Uh, obviously that's just a way to write him out of the season you know, for the rest of the season to some degree. Whether yeah. or not we'll see any mention of him uh, in future episodes uh, is to be seen. But, uh, again, it's well, the writers doing something that uh, suits them, I guess. You, you just gave him an out, though. They, you, you said that they dropped the fortress on him, so now, essentially, the uh, Wicked Lex of the West is going to be the new <laughs> Lex. The Wicked Lex of the East is now under the fortress. So. That's it. And... Uh, the Lex has his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> There's Anyways. no place like home. Well, she was from Kansas, wasn't she? Yes, she was. <laughs> <laughs> so all yeah. of a sudden, uh, Tom Welling is now Dorothy. Yes, absolutely. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's going to please a lot of my friends in Chicago. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, what is... Uh, well, we're just you know talking about Lana, and uh, she's now gone. Um, obviously things can only get better from here on up. Um, and you know, I'm, while I feel sorry for Kristen Kruk, um, and having seen some interviews with her, uh, she seems to have grown weary of Lana's arc and where they took her and would have preferred things to be different. And, uh, I can't blame her for that. You can't blame her for Lana being the character she was. She could only do, uh, you know, work with the material she was given. I kind of get the impression that she realized that, that that played a part in her not coming back. I it, like listening to, to her talk in interviews. I think she realized that her character was kind of a, a fluffy idiot. But I don't know. I could be way <laughs> wrong. I, I I'm not claiming to know anything. I just I don't know. It's it's just so frustrating because everyone can see it except for the people making the show. And 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 there's there's this wide group of people who will watch a show just to see a hot chick. And I'm sure that that's what her character subsisted on. And that's just sad. It's a sad commentary about our society. Yeah, it seemed to be... Lana seemed to be some kind of a uh, an effort by them to make women look more powerful and, you know, and have a role model, a female, strong female role model. But if anything, she was an anti-role model. I mean, just because she has powers or seems to be in an important position doesn't make her a role model. It's how she uses those powers and how she acts... That makes her a role model, and Lana was a despised character by many because of the fact that she was so corrupted. Well, it segues into the new Krypton perfectly, because what the the deal is, like, Lana 
has powers, and so suddenly she's supposed to be powerful in that moral sense. But that, that's that's the whole point behind Superman. Superman is not a is not a powerful dude, or not not a good moral figure because he has the ability to shoot fire from his eyes. It's because he does it at the right time. It, it, comics proves through you know like you get you get situations that examine that, like say the Authority or the Punisher. Just because you have the power to do things doesn't necessarily make you a good person. That's right. Um, and and Superman is super for that's that's what New Krypton is all about. It's showing how when you take away Superman's powers or what makes him special in the physical or power sense, he still has that moral compass that guides him. And with Lana, you take away that power and there's there's nothing. Or even if you give her power, she hasn't got that moral compass. She's no. still you know like whip kicking her way to success. <laughs> exactly. Well, goodbye to Lana, and uh, in some ways, good riddance. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, uh, future episodes. Um, we've got an episode coming up on March 22nd, is it? Uh, uh, I think it's 12th. March 12th, sorry, yes, you're right. March 12th, uh, called Infamous. And it looks like an episode in which uh, Clark reveals himself to Lois and asks her, reveals his powers, I mean, uh, not uh, in a physical sense, um, to uh, to Lois and shows and gets her to write the story about him being a alien from Krypton, and uh, how the rest of the world reacts to that. And um, it sounds like an interesting premise. Uh, it looks interesting, um, but we've obviously got um, Linda Lake, uh, Tori Spelling, returning to that role as Linda Lake uh, in that episode, and that doesn't spell um, you know, good things for Clark. Yeah, no. It, well, it doesn't spell good things for the show, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, you know, like... Like I'm looking at my uh, right now as we're talking, I'm looking at my uh, my water cooler and uh, <laughs> having having memories of the utter uh, unintentional hilarity that that episode um, inspired. Uh, gossip, water, get it? Uh, it's yes, a metaphor. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, God. Uh, but uh, what do you think? Does it look like a good episode? Does it look like the show will come back on track, or is it I, something that you're cringing about? You know, I'm I'm. Honestly, reading the spoilers, I'm kind of worried. It looks like they're not taking any steps to resolve the characters at all, and it looks like if the show ends now, we're just going to end up on this blank... You know, and I knew this was coming a mile away, which really hurts. As a fan, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, God, they're really... You know, because they don't have to. Once the show's over, they just disappear, and no one's going to look them up and say, hey, well, I'll never watch their stuff again, because Smallville is not the kind of show that inspired people to do that. Um, like, like say, a Joss Whedon show would do, where you follow Joss Whedon because the quality of the show engages you so much, whether you like Joss Whedon or not. In this case, it's just that the, the first three years kind of did that, and then it kind of, you know, you get the diehard fans that are with you. But there's no, there's not going to be any punishment for them not resolving things or wrapping them up. Like they said about the glasses a, a couple of years ago, it's not their problem, and they're not going to look at it as their problem. So they're just going to tell one-off TV show stories, until the end, and, and it's just frustrating. It gives me this kind of circumspect feeling of why did I why did I invest so much energy and time and thought into this? It's very it, it's melancholy, you know. Mm. Well, I have the feeling that if uh, by the end of this episode, Clark something doesn't reset, you know, they don't pre press the reset button, that the upcoming Zatanna uh, episode may well be uh, Clark, you know, asking her to. Um, press that reset button with her powers. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, and the reset button being the device that it is with them, I'm, and and her having the power to do that, I'll bet it is. I don't know. I I, I have some hope for the Zatan episode. It sounds it sounds interesting at least. 
Okay, well, um, we actually have an interview uh, upcoming uh, with uh, Sarinda Swan, who is the actress playing Zatanna. Uh, so look for that on the Superman homepage. If it's not up by the time this episode is available, um, you'll see it on the website soon. So uh, look for that episode, and it's an exclusive. I don't believe anybody else has interviewed Sarinda Swan at this point in time. Nice. So, we should make her do it. So Sorry, what were you saying? I said we should make her do it backwards, though. <laughs> well, we could we could we could edit that, um, <laughs> but it's a it's a text interview, so uh, yeah, that would be a bit difficult to read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you think there's going to be a season nine or not? My I would put it at fifty-fifty. Uh, that would be my guess. <laughs> and mostly, again, uh, like it's well, it's just because it's because a um, Welling, it's all Welling. You know, if Welling signs, a hundred percent. If Welling doesn't sign, zero percent. I can't imagine that they would go on or do a spin-off. I can't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, there has been some talk of a John Jones uh, spin-off, but um, you know, obviously that would not be Smallville related. I doubt would see uh, anybody from Smallville, other than maybe some of the Justice League members, involved in a spin-off show about John Jones. But uh, you know, that's just speculation. There's actually been no official announcement about that or anything like that. Uh, it's probably just the same kind of speculation we had when Supergirl was around that there was going to be a, a spin-off show with Kara involved. Um, yep. But uh, as for whether or not there is going to be a season nine, no official announcement has been made, and I, one will be forthcoming in May, I believe, when the CW um, does its you know renewals. But um, it'll be probably too late for Smallville to um, react to that announcement if they don't know beforehand, which you. You'd think that they would have to have some talk with the CW regarding uh, where the show is going to be headed so that they can get a finale that is fitting. I know the writers have been already requested to write a season finale that could fit as a series finale, which doesn't bode it, well. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They've been uh, Welling has been very openly saying that 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 this would that he would be gone when his contract was up hasn't he i mean like that wouldn't they kind of have to know that this would be the last season barring a miracle truck full of money pulling up to his house you know well you would think that the show couldn't go on without him obviously it's about clark kent's journey towards becoming superman so yeah i would agree that if clark if tom welling wasn't signed on that that would be the end of the show um but it's hard to know with tom because he doesn't do any publicity, he doesn't do any interviews, doesn't do any promotions about the show, he doesn't go to conventions, he doesn't participate in any of the uh, on-screen you know, promotions that uh, they do for Smallville, um, you know, the CW's commercials and things like that. Um, yeah. So whether or not he's, that's a sign of his trying to uh, remove himself from the show and distance himself from the show could be one way to read it. Another way could be that he's just too busy or just doesn't want to you know, uh, do those kinds of things because he's, you know, concentrating on the show. I don't know. Um, we won't know until an official announcement is forthcoming from the CW. You get people like uh, Osiello at uh, EW saying that, you know, it's all but uh, confirmed that, you know, they've signed on, Warner Brothers have signed Tom Welling and the other cast members to a ninth season if the CW picks up the show. But, um you don't know who to believe, and uh, again, until an official announcement is is announced, um, is is released, we won't uh, know for sure. But uh, I would lean towards thinking that season eight would be the last season. But you know, uh, I thought the show would probably end last season. <laughs> I thought it was over at five. I mean, <laughs> you never know. Exactly. 
So we'll uh, let you know as soon as we hear anything regarding a possible ninth season of Smallville. Alright, let's move into the comics. Uh, we've talked about movies and TV. New Krypton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're enjoying it. I can tell you're enjoying it. I am indeed. This is the best Superman comics have been since, oddly enough, this group of people was working on Superman. Um, but uh, the 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 whole idea of all of the varying spheres of plot uh, working together in all of the various books and eventually kind of coalescing, it gives me a very much... Uh, a, a fan feeling like uh, like I had with Green Lantern, and the reason why I'm now reading Green Lantern is because they took the idea and the character, they gave it a cohesive direction, they expanded it across all of the books, and they turned it into something monumental and epic. In almost every issue, we've got Luthor, Brainiac, Metallo, Parasite, we've got the main villains, we've got Superman acting like Superman, we've got General Zod, we've got these crazy stakes. It's, it's really kind of simple. And easy, but I'm amazed they haven't, you know, really exploited this formula for some time. Yeah, well, I've been, you know? I've been really uh, impressed with the fact that we don't know where things are going. Um, you know, a lot of the times you can read a, a comic book and you can say, okay, well, this is where it's heading. It's not that yeah. hard to work out where things are going. You know, this is the the progress, the the line they're going to be progressing along. But with New Krypton, we've got what's going on with Lex and Brainiac. Who's really in control over there? Um, yeah. what's happening with Allura and Zod and, and, you know, what's Zod's plan? I mean, he seems to just be wanting to lead, you know, Krypton's armies, but surely we know that Zod's more than that, and um, Ursa seems to be the uh, the bit of the the, the loose cannon in that yeah. uh, trio of, of villains. Uh, what's going on with Kara? You know, how is she uh, involved with her life on New Krypton, and how is she going to deal with her mother, and what's going on with this Superwoman character, and how is she involved? And she's not Kryptonian. What's going on there? Uh, you know, all these angles, all these things are going on, um, and that's outside. We haven't even spoken. We haven't even touched on Superman and what's yeah. happening with his life. Just and just wait until you know all this stuff starts moving into motion, and then gets hit from the side by Blackest Night. You know, it gives me a feeling very much like Infinite Crisis, Scott, where they're actually building to something. And they're working towards an end, and it's going to be this monumental battle. And I think Blackest Night's going to hit, and I think it's going to tear the whole world up. And you're going to have Brainiac and Luthor, and and it's just going to. I, I I got a really good feeling about this, and I usually when I get a really good feeling like this, the story turns out to be pretty monumental and epic. And we've got this whole issue with uh, Scar, the um, Owen uh, woman, or whatever she, the female that's. Uh... You know, reading into this, what is it, the Book of Darkness? The, the Book, book of, of Black? Book of Black? Yeah, the Book of Black. And she's the, like, if I don't know if you read the Sinistro Core War, but basically she got uh, attacked by the Anti-Monitor, and it scarred her and kind of uh, turned her into almost a zombie figure. And then she went with uh, she went to the Black Lantern planet, which had the uh, symbol of Black Hand, which is one of Green Lantern's old villains. He was obsessed with death and kind of almost pseudo-necrophilia. And um, he basically... This is going to be the origin point for Blackest Night, which is going to definitely uh, encapsulate the Superman books because you've got the Kal-El of Earth 2 involved in that, and you've got um, all kinds of dead people who are coming back to life all over the place, Connor mm. Kent among them, like according to Adventure Comics recently, that uh, is going to play a factor. So you know this is going to hit the Superman world from the side and just really mess it up. It's going to be good. So looking forward to the future of Superman comics. It all looks pretty bright and... Pretty exciting, so uh, make sure you're on board. 
Yeah, very much so. It's, it's a good year. Okay, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Ah, yes. Well, last month, we yes, we asked, okay. how do you think Smallville should end? And we've got a number of good responses. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. I got uh, Mick Cody here, and Mick wrote, uh, Clark is with Lana at the farm. They are watching Lois covering some news event when a mega disaster strikes. Just as the TV picture goes black, Lana sees a look on Clark's face she's never seen before. He turns his back to her, opens his shirt, reveals yes. We see a dramatic red and blue blur, CGI classic, John Williams Superman music flashes across the Smallville sky. You mm. forgot the part where he uses his heat vision to melt Lana's face, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice, Mick. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we actually get, but uh, Mikey B writes in and says, I'd like Jarrell to say to Clark, I thought you said no flights, no tights. Then Clark says, well, I didn't want to ruin the surprise. Uh, okay, but on a serious note, I think they should shoot two endings just in case the show goes another season. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thanks, Mikey B. Um, I don't know if they have the budget to shoot two ep endings, but, uh, well, anyway. Who's next, Neil? Yeah, I don't know if they have the budget to shoot one. Whoa! <laughs> but anyway, John wrote, I have three ideas for the end of Smallville. Assume Neil is right. Well, we, we always should. <clears throat> no, <laughs> and there is no Superman costume or Welling opening his shirt to show the Superman S-shield underneath. The Then idea number one is, Clark sees and looks down at the Legion ring, picks it up and holds it up, pauses, and then after a few minutes pushes the button and there's a bright blinding light. And after you can see Clark see again, Clark is gone. The end. Number two, Lois and other reporters are invited to go on the on the new space plane, everything is fine when suddenly the cockpit sparks and explodes. People on planes start to scream. People on the ground see the plane start to fall and start screaming. Clark runs at super speed. Suddenly he sees Lois with supervision. He reaches up helpless to save her. All of a sudden he's not on the ground. He flies at super speed and lands the plane. Suddenly everyone grabs at him. He flies away. Then at the fortress you see super suit end. Number three. We see Clark at the fortress asking Jorel how he can be Clark Kent but still help people without people finding out who he really is. Jorel opens a panel in the fortress and we see the Superman suit. He tells Clark with the suit, you can embrace who you really are without fear of exposing your Earth identity. Now do what you're meant to do. Be a hero, my son. We see Superman fly into space toward then towards the sun. The end. With no Namar Pa Kent, Jorel has to give him the suit. That's thus my reason for that. That's pretty good. Yes, I think uh, that these are all better than what we will see, I would imagine. <laughs> Some interesting ideas, and uh, again, we don't know whether or not they'll be able to use the Superman suit or the S-Shield, but um, not for copyright reasons, just because of, um, I think I guess, writing reasons. <laughs> yeah. Calvin Bowes writes, three words, show the S. If they don't, it will make the entire eight years a waste of time. This show is about how a young man eventually becomes Superman, and to not make that happen will be a total shame. Imagine a movie about a guy saving his money to go to France and the film ended with him still owning the money without him just getting on the plane. It would be a total letdown. That's what's <laughs> wrong with Smallville. We need the payoff at the end, or we wasted eight years of our lives. And don't forget, one of those years involved someone going to France. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bork from, Bork from Ork wrote, I think that the very last scene of Smallville should not only be a suited, bespectable Clark changing into Superman, but even go further beyond. I'd like to see a montage of eyewitnesses, newspaper clippings, and television broadcasts, broadcasts that showcase Superman's adventures. I think the first Spider-Man movie, or the Superman movie for that matter. Hmm. Um, this could also transcend into statues and museums being raised in Superman's honor. Some references to or cameos by the Justice League or Legion of Superheroes would also be pretty neat. Yeah, yeah some far-reaching ideas there. Um... 
interesting. Uh, Caleb Knight writes, My final scene of the Smallville series would have Clark fighting with Doomsday and they both smash to the ground and dust flies everywhere. Cut scene to Clark's funeral and all that, and very last second shows Clark sleeping in some Kryptonian-based environment. This would leave it open to pick it up later date at a later date using the show name Superman or whatever. Kind of like the whole animated Doomsday cartoon. Love the show. Yeah, you got to wonder if they're going to actually use the Doomsday killing Clark thing at some point. But seems anyway. too early, doesn't it? But then everything's been early. Yeah, yeah. Chris Murphy, a.k.a. Murph209, wrote, I always love the scene in Superman the movie when you see a distant shot of Superman in the fortress and he flies to the camera, only giving us a brief glimpse of our hero. Most Smallville fans would probably be disappointed by this, but I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd stand by that. That'd yeah, be fun. exactly. I mean, it, uh, it wouldn't even have to be Tom if he didn't want to get into the suit. It could just be, you know, uh, somebody flying towards the camera in such a, a way that you couldn't tell who it was that it looked like Tom Welling. Yeah, but we need Ice Face Jarrell if we're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, Dave Lewis writes, Hey, guys. In response to your Smallville question, I'd like to see the series end on a high note. Clark needs to learn how to fly and must become Superman. And I really don't want to see Lana ever again. We know Smallville writers aren't the best when it comes to Superman continuity, but I'm really over Lana. As always, love the show and keep up the great work. Well, thanks, Dave. Woohoo! Okay, well, the new big question. What is it, Neil? Well, the question we came up with this month was, which movie title did you like better? Superman, The Man of Seal, or Superman Unleashed, and why? Yes, if you have a an opinion on the title for the next Superman movie, uh, Superman the Man of Steel or Superman Unleashed, or maybe you've got some ideas of your own, let us know. Get involved with the Big Questions segment of the show by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Superman homepage. We'll endeavour to read out all the responses we receive in our next episode of Radio KAL. Um, perhaps you want to record your own answer as an MP3 file and send that in, and we'll play that as well as all the other responses we get. So, get involved with the big question segment of Radio KAL. What if there was a being of untold power? Okay, I'm being told we've got a live feed from downtown. We're switching over now. It looks like Superman is on the scene, folks, but he's coming out of the wreckage? A being revered the world over. We've now got reports coming in of another Superman sighting. Superman! 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 A being known as our protector and guardian. This needs to end, Zod. You can't put innocent people in danger. And what if there was another? It ends today. The battle begins on February 25th, 2009. Only at PendantAudio.com Kara learns that the strange events that met you have hit closer to home than she realized. Sebastian and Ayumi are in the hospital. Say what? There was some kind of collapse at the construction site last night and they got, they got caught in it and we gotta go see them. We gotta go see them. Ajax can't just wander out. It's not like there's a little robot door that flaps open so it can go take a whittle. We need to look at that wreckage. I know that I'll prove I'm right. We don't have time to go on wild goose chases. What happened? I don't... I don't know. Whoa, Kara, did... Mm, don't you think it's a little too soon to be giving her the third degree? Don't miss Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Issue 22. 
coming February 25th at PendantAudio.com. Okay, well, you just heard the audio drama trailers for Last Son of Krypton and Last Lost Daughter of Krypton by audio by Pendant Productions. Uh, obviously, the Last Son of Krypton has reached its 50th issue as well, so congratulations to Jeffrey Bridges and all the crew over at Pendant Productions. Yes, yes, and let me take this opportunity to say it's been a proud honor to be on that show and to be a part of it. Jeff has accomplished something really monumental here. Bailey's Bookshelf. Ah, uh, yes, yapper, webber, snapper, Bailey, the other Bailey, the evil Bailey. Yes, Michael Bailey, who is, it's arguable whether or not he's the evil one. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's no debate, I'm the evil one. <laughs> Michael has returned uh, with a, another trade paperback that he's reviewing for the show, so we'll hand over to Michael and see what he's got to say. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the portion of Radio KAL where I walk over to the bookcase here in the Fortress of Baileytude, pick a trade or hardcover to discuss, and give you my thoughts on it. Last month I discussed The Man of Steel by John Byrne and Dick Giordano in preparation, I guess you could say, for the upcoming Superman Secret Origin miniseries by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, and told you that this month I would be discussing the other origin, or as I like to kind of think of it, about it, the origin that didn't quite happen, Superman Birthright. Birthright was originally a 12-issue maxi-series published in 2003 and 2004. It was written by Mark Wade, with art by secret invasion artist Linnell Francis Yu and at the time was supposed to be the brand spanking new origin for Superman. Now, I didn't really care for the series as it came out in single-issue form. I was pretty much against a whole new origin because I'm a fuddy-duddy, and that's how I roll. So I was a little hard on the book as it came out monthly. But when I bought the hardcover about two or three years ago and read it all in one sitting, I gained a new appreciation for it. Mark Wade is a fan of Superman, and he obviously put a lot of thought into the new origin, and it mixed enough of the version that I was accustomed to to with what Wade wanted to do that I was satisfied. The whole One of the best things about the series was the relationship between Jonathan and Clark. Wade introduced into the comics a tension between the two characters that I could personally relate to, and I thought gave their relationship more depth. One of the problems with Mom Pa Kent is that certain writers, and, and, this, and this is not me saying it was a bad thing, because every writer has their own take on something, and for a time this was the way to go, but some writers want to make Mom and Pa these, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, the, the quintessential good parents that are just so gosh darn proud of their son that anything he does is golden. But I, I liked the concept that Jonathan resented Clark leaving the farm and how that kind of reflected how he left his father back when he was younger. So it just, just added a whole new dimension to that that I really like. Now, there were two things that bugged the heck out of me in this story. The first was Lex Luthor. Now, I didn't mind Lex Luthor getting reintroduced into Smallville and, and Clark's backstory because I thought that added a new dimension, there's that word again, to their relationship. But I didn't like how Luther's 
millions was based on his reverse engineering, I guess, of alien technology. I thought this took away from the character. Because to me, it, it, was, it was better when he kind of brought himself up by his own bootstraps with his own designs instead of aping somebody else's technology. So I didn't quite care for that. But, you know, that, that, that's kind of a minor complaint. The big complaint was the vegetarian thing. Wade made Superman and, or Clark. Uh, they're, both are kind of disguises by the end of the story. But Wade gave Clark this power that he could see the aura of living things, so eating meat was anathema to him after a while. And to me, that served as a kind of a disconnect. You know, I, you know, some people say that you shouldn't have to relate to Superman to enjoy his adventures, and I can kind of understand that. But I at least have to connect to him on some level. And giving him that power and making him so good and so pure that, you know, he doesn't even eat meat, uh, I just didn't care for it. But, you know, besides those two things, it's a really solid story. If you can track down the hardcover or trade, I recommend that wholeheartedly. And that's pretty much it for this month. Next month, I have no idea what I will be discussing. But if you have an idea or a recommendation, go ahead and message me through the comment section on the Radio KL entry or private message me through the homepage. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Thanks, Michael. Excellent uh, segment once again. If you have an idea for Michael, a trade paperback that you'd like him to review, uh, just let us know. Uh, we'll pass on the information or the request to Michael and we'll endeavour to get him to do that in a future episode. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Super secret soundbite time. Ah, yes, where we look through the past eight years and try to find the most cryptic veiled reference we can. Yes, last month's sound came from the Smallville Season 6 episode titled Arrow, but we only had two people guess it right. They were Guthrie McLean and Chris Murphy. Congratulations! That's a that's a pretty elite group there. It's usually it's usually a little bit more. That's 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 good ears. Yes, well done, guys. And let's see if a few more people can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. So you think I'm Kal El? Just Clark Kent. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite. Entry form found at the Radio KL webpage and get your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KL podcast. Superman song time. Ah, see, here's where I usually pretend to be coy and not know what the music is, but, but this, this month I actually, I have a clue because you sent it to me. We tried to figure it out. It was a bit of a mystery. Yeah, well, do you want to introduce the song? Yeah, we found a, to- a song called Superman, which sounds a little bit like Black Sabbath or Iron Maiden, but some say it's also an unsigned band. You know how, like, sometimes when, uh, well, I- I've heard tell of people when they when they download music, these awful, you know, people who do this, the Brummagem Phil- Philistines. Anyway, when they do this, sometimes people will mislabel a band in order to get it some exposure, and we think this might be the case here. So this is kind of like a, uh, a, a little bit of a mini super secret soundbite. If you can figure out who actually is the people who, uh, who, 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 who are singing this, then we will give you a mention on the radio show if you'll help us out. 
Yes, definitely. It uh, seems to be a bit of a mystery that's out there on the internet. Received a few emails about this over the over the last few months in regards to just who does uh, sing this song. Um, like Neil said, some think it's Black Sabbath, other think others think that it's Iron Maiden. Uh, it's not if it's either of those bands. It's not a track item that's on their album. So uh, maybe it's an unsigned band. Maybe it's your band. If it is, let us know. Uh, it could help solve a mystery. Here is Superman by who knows.
Well, that's the song. And uh, again, if you think you know who it's by, um, please let us know. And um, we'll endeavour to uh, post that on a future episode of uh, Radio KAL. Also, if you've got suggestions for the show, maybe you've got some topics that you'd like Neil and I to discuss. Uh, maybe you've got a big question suggestion. Perhaps there's a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review. Or maybe there's a song that you'd like us to play in a future episode. Let us know. Use the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. And we'll endeavour, like I said, to use those suggestions in a future podcast. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Steve. And everybody, everybody, thank you for 50 episodes. It's been awesome. You stay classy, Nam Repus. And that's a um, Satana joke that didn't go very well. <laughs> You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. <laughs>